0: So I have, uh, I have a memory of you and me. No, that's not correct English. Why would I say you and me? You oh, and oh no, you and me is correct because I would say me sitting in the kitchen.
1: Oh, I sitting in the kitchen. That
0: doesn't sound right. So I was correct. So I'm just, I'm just gonna. You was correct. I was, I is, I are correct. Let's start again. What? <laughs> I have, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I remember a professionalism. I remember us sitting in the kitchen in England and um, I've always been a skeptic, um, whether it be uh, about, uh, you know, religion,
1: other things, whatever.
0: But I remember saying to you, there's no such thing as ghosts. We come from a religious household. Yeah. And um, you said something to me, which was really, I think it it, it dug deep in there and it, it really set me on a, a, a path I think. I was very young but you said to me you believe in God but you don't believe in ghosts.
1: I remember having that argument with our father as well. Yeah. I was like devil's advocate <laughs> um. And And
0: I remember sort of challenging you and saying you know oh yeah well have you ever seen a ghost? And and your answer really surprised me. And, and I'd like you, if you don't mind, uh, to share the story. It's not particularly funny or anything. It's just a story. Uh, but I think it gets us into the, into the, first of all, into the Halloween mood that we seem to have been in the last, like, few episodes. Um, but also, I...
1: We're talking are, about I, Ghostbusters.
0: We are talking about Ghostbusters, you know. But um, I, I don't believe in in that sort of thing. Um, but I, I find it really interesting whenever you tell this story i'm always like really so please tell it
1: so here's the thing i i don't know what i saw because um i'm talking about a, a memory of uh you know a 13 year old boy uh, that's what i was um and uh so basically here's the here's the gist of it um and again a disclaimer i'm you know I'm a crazy person. I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that anybody who saw something like this is a crazy person <laughs> um but uh but sometimes I feel that way about myself. Um I I don't know if I if I saw this or if I'm you know my memory is fuzzy and somebody was playing a prank on me. I don't know. Uh but I used to go to boarding school in Carmel College in uh in um England in uh, around sort of Oxford area. Mm-hmm. Um and uh we had our dorms in a very old mansion, which was called Mansion House um, on the grounds. And apparently it was a hospital in in one of the old, uh, one of the wars. Not, I, I'm not sure if it was First World War or if it was before that. Uh, but anyway, so uh, there were definitely people who died there. Uh, obviously it had been somewhat renovated and, uh, and I think the bare bones of it stayed. Um, and there were stories of uh, of you know, people, uh, kids in rags and whatnot being seen around that area. Um, and I don't know if that was people making shit up to scare everybody, you know, that we were a bunch of kids. So, you know, you heard, you stories. heard
0: those stories before your experience or you heard about them afterwards? Like you, cause
1: uh, it was, it's all sort of at the same time during, before, around, okay. um, yeah. Um, anyway, so I remember being at the end of the, it was a very long corridor, And I was walking towards my dorm room and I saw somebody walk into my dorm room. I don't know who it was. It looked like a child. It looked like somebody around my age. Um, I couldn't really make out what they were wearing, but our school uniform was purple. So if they weren't wearing purple, then it uh, it kind of stuck out. Um, And uh, this kid walked into my room. And when I got there, which was literally a few seconds later, there was nobody in there. So, so I,
0: first of all, I, I have great respect for, um, people's, uh, belief in the supernatural or, you know, their, their experiences. And I also have great respect for people who, who believe in God. It's just not for me. Um, but I think that, um, there's, first of all, the imagery is, is very, very creepy to me. Um, you know, just, like, a little boy walking into your room, you go in there, and some like And I remember challenging you, I remember saying to you, like, what if they jumped out the window? And you were like, that there wasn't time. No, but like, also
1: we were, we were, like, high up. Yeah. We are on, like, the first or second floor.
0: Um, and I, I remember it stayed with me for a little while. Um, and, and the thing is, is that I had, um... You know, I had a. I, I don't think you can really call it an experience. Uh, I, I had a thing that happened that I... I know or in my brain was, was probably, it was me hearing things, uh, you know, I was tired and it was the morning or whatever, but like I had a thing, uh, where we went, uh, I was uh, getting ready for school, um, and I, I could, I was like 16, right, uh, and I heard, uh, someone shout, like, get out, like behind me, um, and I turned around and our mother was like coming out of the kitchen so she couldn't have been right behind me at that moment mm. um and and I, I i remember that happening and immediately going anybody see a ghost but like you know like like it freaked me out and then obviously you know I've, i'm i'm very skeptical where, over. where
1: were you where, where in, was this in our first apartment here in israel would they have said it in english get
0: out yeah, uh, well, that that's what made me skeptical about it Is that right. I heard it in English mm-hmm. um, And actually, do you know I, I have a up your ass friend Who's really annoying Who said to me Well, you know If it's a ghost Who knows that they speak any language at all And it's just all in your head And so it's you would understand it And I'm like <sighs> You know, that sort of shit annoys me Like that, that trying to find a, an explanation for something But I, I'm saying that When people say to me Did you have an experience I will always say no Because I'm a skeptic but so, at the, so same here's time. the thing. I
1: have a similar story to that. Okay. In, um, in that apartment? I, I'm not sure if it was in that apartment. I can't remember exactly when. I have a very vivid memory of being in a sort of sleep state. I was uh, just sort of, um, I guess, in the, in like the last phase of sleep when you're about to wake up in the morning. Yeah. And somebody yelled in my ear.
0: That's what I experienced. I experienced someone yelling in my ear. Right.
1: And there was nobody to yell in my ear. Yeah. So, um, so I remember being sort of woken up by that. I don't know if that's like a remnant of a dream. So that's what
0: I. So I think that when we are extremely tired, you know, we are extremely susceptible to you know lots of different things that were sensory things that may be going on in our in our dream state or, you know, whatever. I had literally, I was late for school. I was literally just, like, jumped out of bed and had gotten my clothes on and put things, like, you know, in my bag. And obviously, I was awake. I was not in a sleep state. Right. But I was very, very tired. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just, it's, I bring it up simply because, um, you know, although I say I'm a skeptic, there's a little niggling part of my brain that goes, what if...
1: Right. So I don't know what I believe. I don't know if I believe in it or not. But um, but definitely, uh, you know, after watching certain movies, if you're alone in the house, you're um, very susceptible. Um, you're to very susceptible sort of thing. in the dark. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, I watched Hereditary, and um, and there's a, um, the main character, Toni Collette, sees a vision of her mother, mm-hmm. and she's just sort of standing there, smiling at her That's in the creepy. in the dark um and it's very creepy but also like at that point of the movie spoilers um you don't know um who the mother is like you would imagine that it's her mother and she's just died and she's a very uh a benevolent presence um but uh, but later on you realize that that maybe she's not that um and you know and and i live in an apartment where um i you know the 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 lady that sold us the apartment her sister used to live in the apartment who owned the apartment and who died uh, five years ago or something <clears> like that, and um, and I don't know if she died in the apartment or not, and that's always kind of creeped me out because <laughs> we, you know, it it's uh, so after watching movies like Hereditary and then going to bed, um, you know, you're sort of checking, checking behind you in the shower or in the in the bathroom mirror, and you know, you you don't know if maybe you see a shape or something. There's definitely like my my son, um, when he when he didn't want to go to sleep, he's got a rocking chair in his room. And he would plant his foot from the bed. He'd plant his foot on the rocking chair and r- would rock it. So you would see this like silhouette in the dark <laughs> against the nightlight of the rocking chair just, just fucking rocking you by standing itself. There with the look on your face of absolute, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and he's only three and a half. He doesn't know how to scare the shit out of somebody Sometimes yet because I haven't taught him. look his
0: face, you think maybe he <laughs> does know what he's doing. Well, I
1: haven't taught him to wear clown masks and, and grunt, uh, but, um, yeah. So that's, uh, that, that's pretty, I mean, whether you believe in it or not, that kind of thing can, can sort of, uh, you know, send a creepy, uh, feeling up your spine. Um, but anyway, happy Halloween, everybody.
0: Happy Halloween. Let's do an Intro What's our seat number? Hello and welcome to What's Our Seat Number, the show where we ask questions like what is the rabbit's foot and hopefully do a more admirable job at answering that question than that film does. Hey! (laughs) I am Simon Gross. And I am Johnny Gross. What are you, Johnny? I'm a filmmaker. And I am a 3D artist. I did not know that. Evidently, from the last couple of episodes. (laughs) Can I get you anything? Uh, You know.
1: No, I'm good. I'm uh, hopefully gonna um, still a bit under the weather. Keep chugging down on this tea. Well, it's been a week apparently since the last episode. (laughs) Shh! You're ruining the magic. Oh, I'm I'm ruining the the illusion. Um, Yeah, the Graham Norton Show is filmed on Friday
0: nights. Fantastic. Um, right, so... So last, what movie
1: are we talking about today?
0: Last episode we talked about uh, Ghostbusters.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, we dipped in a little bit into Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters Answer the Call, cool. but each time that we talked about it we said, put a pin in it, put a pin in it, put
1: a pin in it. Which, um, depending on how closely you're following our podcast, is probably going to get annoying for you at some point.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, but so are most of the things coming out of our mouths. Um, anyway... Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about today's episode because uh, you're still not feeling well. Um, do you have a tagline game for Ghostbusters 2? No. Okay. <laughs> and uh, do we want to do a context flashback for Ghostbusters 2? Hey,
1: do, you me, do you want me to just like uh, grab the taglines from, uh, from last week's episode and chuck Ghostbusters 2 in there? <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. How about this? <clears throat> so, the supernatural spectacular... Mm-hmm. Have a nice end of the world. Mm -hmm. Death is no way to make a living. We're back.
0: The Supernatural Spectacular. That's the one.
1: No, it's We're Back.
0: Oh, I could (laughs) never have guessed that. (laughs) Fantastic. Tagline game's down.
1: Tagline game down. Um, (laughs) Today we are talking about Ghostbusters 2 and Answer the Call. Um, and uh, the, there's a bit of controversy uh, with Ghostbusters 2, um, in that a lot of fans don't really like it.
0: Which is just something that for me is quite
1: unfathomable.
0: Unfathomable. That's a. Such fucking different words.
1: Unfathomable to me. Okay, this is what happens when you try and shoot Superman and Superman 2 back to back. Right,
0: yeah, you're right. Yep. We should have done this a little bit spread out, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's a little bit of a mess, but I think we'll bring it together. So. We'll bring it together. Oh, for fuck's sake, Jonathan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, I want to read out. There's a a letter in the uh, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2 Blu-ray box set um, that says, uh, from Ivan Reitman, the director. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, a few words about Ghostbusters 2. Though it ended up doing very well, it was the subject of a fair amount of criticism when it first came out. It's certainly not as good as Ghostbusters, sequels ready are, especially when the original breaks so much new ground, but please take a fresh look at it. I think you'll be surprised at how charming and funny it is. I just think that's a nice little uh, little bit there, because um, in the extras, Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd talk about Ghostbusters 2, and how there's a lot of like great moments in there. And uh, and it's a lot better than uh, than people seem to give it credit for. And I have to agree because I I, I don't know if I, if anybody um, remembers last week's episode, but I did mention that Ghostbusters 2 was uh, the movie I saw before the original Ghostbusters. Um, and I grew up watching Ghostbusters 2 over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And uh, I love it to pieces. I just think it's uh, it's a brilliant. And I saw it that in, in this viewing. Uh, today and yesterday because I watched it in two parts mm-hmm. um, but um, I, uh, I I think that it's subtle again the comedy is very subtle um, there's a deepening of the relationship between Peter and Dana there's a deepening of the relationship between all four of them um, and uh, there's also a nice relationship between Lewis and um, and Janine in there. I just think it's uh, it's it's very character centric as well as being yeah. big and and bombastic, which uh, which it certainly is. There's definitely an element of bigger, better, more more budget. Um, but uh, but I think it's uh, it's it's a great sequel, and I don't understand the hate for it.
0: I actually love both of these movies quite equally. Like I, I will always want to go for the first Ghostbusters, but there's something that I just I can't, I can't understand it. And I I really hope if, if any of you are listening and you've seen these movies and you love the first one, you don't like the second one, or even if you do like the second one, but you can understand why people don't like it, whatever, I would really love it if you were to just get onto our Facebook group and just, just, Tell us why. Yeah, tell us because why. Because I, I don't understand no it. I don't and understand I really it. want to understand it. And this time when I watched it, I really, really tried. I really I tried. tried to hate it. <laughs> not about I tried to hate it. I just tried to see the other side of it. Right. And I, like I said in the last episode, I'm, I'm watching it with blinders on. It's really, really difficult for me to critic or, or, or to not like it. Um, and I can talk about all of the things that I love about it. But I just, uh, I, you know, I can't even complain about the villain. I like the villain. I, I you know, I can't complain about anything. The, the 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 characters and their interactions. It feels like they're the same people. It doesn't feel like... Uh, it feels like a progression. Then. Yeah. A progression. And I don't... I, I just don't get it. And so I, you said I, yeah.
1: that you'll that you'll uh, that you'll go um, naturally towards the first Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um. But you see, for me, there are certain uh, there are certain film series that I I just have to. Watch. I can't just like grab a sequel off the shelf and say I'm going to watch that. I have to watch them in order. Yeah. So I would watch the first Ghostbusters and then immediately chuck in Ghostbusters. But you're a freak, too. Johnny. You know that. Yes, I do. Know okay, that. I'm just saying. But um, <laughs> but I I love Ghostbusters too. But you it I, I think that it's. Um, it's best taken with the first one. And I think that um, that is a mark for me anyway, that's a mark of a good sequel that you can watch it yeah. right after the first one and, uh, and have it be a perfectly good continuation um, and enjoy it just as much. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's, uh I-, I just can't get enough of either of these movies. <laughs> I really, really like them. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about, uh, you know, with this movie, with the, uh, you know, just a uh, story-wise and its progression, and you know how similar the movies are. Yet they're so different in tone. I feel. Right. Um, and also, you know, there's lots to say about the VFX and, and whatever. Um, but would you like to start with? Um, there's a there's a thing that we were toying with that we didn't do in the last episode, but I really wanted to sort of do it today. Okay. Is uh, is the uh the most quotable line award? Um, well, there's a series
1: of awards there. If I, am I, I see them and I'm yes. going to go
0: through them, but I wanted to start with the most quotable line. So that's extremely difficult. Well, if you want, we can go, I can give you top three.
1: Okay. Go on. Her child. Brilliant. Go on next. Yeah. He was borderline for a while. Then he crossed the border. Lovely. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I like Viggy Viggy Viggy, you have been a bad monkey. Damn, that there's was gonna so be mine. Many. No, but there's just so many, like I, I just like I the first three that came to mind, but I, I could quote this movie till yeah. tomorrow morning, to be honest. Fantastic. Thank even you for though, sharing. Even though tomorrow morning is in like an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, no, I just, uh, I, I, I always know that with you, like I can get a much better quote from you than we'll get from me. Um, with these movies, because I was extremely
1: hot, Peter. Hot?
0: (laughs) The upper west side?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I (laughs) would. It's so all of all of peter all of mcnichols lines got, yeah, are yeah. just
0: brilliant. everything you're doing is bad i want you to know this
1: yeah i say, <laughs> wow, no, can you do something and no, i can't do something do i have a bad breath or something but <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: yeah good night well, let the bed the bags the yeah <laughs> <Whatever> <laughs> is that
1: is. when dana is not here
0: yeah we know that johnny
1: so why are you game? <laughs>
0: brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love him. I was going to say, like, you know, who's the best actor <laughs> in this movie? Um, you know, that's another award, best actor award. Uh, do you want to give it to Peter
1: McNichol? I, I think give it to Peter yeah. McNichol. He just, oh, God, consistently throughout no, the movie, That whole brilliant. thing with the, the... I guess, scourge. I, I've heard all of this. Also, <laughs>
0: my, one of my favorite lines of his is actually, I, I, I quoted this to you earlier, but it was something that, You've quoted to me before, and I've always sort of gone, but like just the whole, and let me tell you something here. There are many parts to being the matter of a living God. <laughs> Good. So um, we can
1: get them worst actor. Center. Apartment. Car, worst worst actor work? award. Worst actor award. Can
0: hmm. we, can we say instead of worst actor, least memorable? because uh, I don't think anyone does a bad job in this movie particularly by the way just to, because we maybe, didn't do this in the first him. movie but I did I did notice this when I was watching Ghostbusters mm-hmm. uh, that if we ever did the the best actor award or the best uh, best cameo award or the best uh, you know remember the, the red faced cop who blows a whistle from the phantom right, right. right? so that sort of thing when um, Lewis Tully runs out of his apartment the dog is chasing him right. um, you know this elderly neighbor uh comes out of her apartment she yes. sees what's going on and she goes like Hur! and then goes back inside yeah and it f- <laughs> i was drinking and it made me snuff there's a bunch of those mine.
1: there's the guy standing at the uh the elevator who does his like uh, i'll take the next I'll one take the next one <laughs> there must be some cockroach <laughs> um and there's uh, there's also if you want to talk about best extra so the newsreader that's talking about the locomotive that used to rattle past. There's like this guy checking out his beard behind him over his shoulder. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't
0: notice that. I it's just did like not realize that. There's just
1: this guy standing behind him, kind of like. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, there are there are some uh, very very. Uh, good moments, <laughs> and you've written something here, which uh, in in the awards section, which I find oh to be really, really interesting. If we're already in the awards, is Core blimey, governor!" Worst best accent, best accent, Peter
1: McNichol. Peter McNichol once again. Yeah. So
0: I just uh, I, I know that we've gone through the the awards. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to give them a stage and if, if you like the awards and you would like to hear them again in future podcasts please let us know on the Facebook group uh, you can just search what's our seat number on Facebook and uh, uh, have a little bit of a go at us that this was too boring or that it was fantastic and you love the movie and hearing us <laughs> quote it gave you joy um, which is definitely what it does for me to be honest <laughs> do that. let's just do that for the rest of the podcast What? just, like <laughs> just a- quote the movie quote let's the go movie. through it <laughs> Five years later. Um,
1: so that opening, I found that quite fucking horrifying this time around. Why?
0: Because of the child in danger. The
1: child in danger. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we both got kids. My youngest is uh, a year and uh, three months, four months, hmm. and yours is how? Seven months seven old. Seven now. months old. Um, and and I. That's all I could see. That's all I could think about was. Yeah, uh, I think he's.
0: I think the my youngest is is probably around Oscar age.
1: Oscar agent, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: that's what I was thinking. Not during that scene, but during the scene uh, later on, where um, Peter McNichol's character is, uh, you know, a ghost somehow. Um, it's yeah. a bit of a what the fuck moment.
1: Yeah, um, I love that effect, though. It's, it's so brilliant. retro.
0: It's brilliant. Um, but like, you know, he's he's suddenly dressed as a nanny. It's a little bit of a what the fuck moment. Um, but yeah. it's it's also it's also very effective and quite scary. And the fact that he the scariest thing is that Oscar, who is a Baby who doesn't look like he can stand. Yeah, his age is standing on the edge of this ledge on on the side of the building, and that freaks me out. Like that, this time it made me go, "God, someone get him down from there!" <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's like very. Uh, that was a, that was scary for me. But so the opening was very um, sort of harrowing
1: for you yeah. to watch. Also, like you mentioned that that uh, the, um, that scene on the uh, on the roof of the apartment building or on the ledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, you know, Lewis. Um, and, uh, and Dana kind of like putting Oscar on the bed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, if you leave a baby on the bed like that without any, uh, any kind of sort of border, <laughs> anything mm-hmm. to like stop it from going to roll off, he's going to roll right off and pff, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of freaked me out as well, but for different reasons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you were watching this through the eyes of social
0: services well, through
1: the eyes of a parent. Yes. <laughs> um, Yeah.
0: Uh, i i found that um i found that a lot of this movie I, I and a lot of movies that i watch now are are definitely through the lens of of being a parent and you know what i you know, yeah. children being in danger but because because a lot of the danger in in ghostbusters is is very um there's a lot of cartoon danger and this is also something i want to talk about when we talk about uh, answer the call uh the female centric uh, sort of reimagining or reboot or you know whatever you want to call it um, it's definitely a re something It's a re um, the That their their approach to to danger is is quite different from the established tropes of Ghostbusters One and Two, which is something that I definitely noticed. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I I wanted to ask you if there's um, anything in this movie uh, that just doesn't work for you because I. I have a lot of trouble with this. Like, I I feel like everything works for me, and I know that that's a very boring thing to say. Like, even even things that I want to say don't work for me. Like, you know, the the slime that makes this thing that makes his words, even the slime that makes things uh dance or move or come to life. But that's the whole concept. It's the whole it? concept. I will take it right. Yeah. So, is there anything in the movie that doesn't work for
1: you? So, only because I've seen some of the uh, behind the scenes stuff on YouTube and whatnot, but. Uh... Certain um, aspects of the way Vigo is realized, um, sort of as a floating head in the painting with the river of slime behind him. Um, I saw a YouTube video of uh, Wilhelm von Homburg. So they they, cre- they recreated the, uh, the painting mm. um, and, uh, you know, with, with him in it kind of thing. And he was just sort of, sort of stand there and talk. Yeah. as he is, as he is in that pose in the picture. Yeah,
0: I also saw some uh, behind the scenes of him like standing in front of it on like a, a soundstage or a right. green screen, a blue screen or something.
1: And that would have been great, but kind of static. Yeah. Uh, what they finally came up with was uh, he's a floating head with the uh, with the river slime behind it, um, and he's for the for the finale as well. He's kind of confined to that, um, and it's a little bit abstract for me. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of he's, you know. It, I don't know. It, so it works for me,
0: but uh, what I would you, but... have done is I would have had him sitting on a throne, uh, <clears throat> oh, that is blood. inside, that is inside that setting of the, because if you look at the river of blood, it's not necessarily at uh, the river of slime. I mean, uh, in the painting, it doesn't really look like the subway behind it. It kind of looks right. like a, like a illustrious sort of, um, hall. Right. Um, the a pink uh, lagoon. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of think, like, that he could have been sitting in a uh, a throne or something. But that's just, like, that was a thought that I had, like, how would I have done this today with the, you know, effects mastery that I have today, yeah. Right.
1: Um, but I think also his uh, his speech is, um, is... I've always found it a little bit odd, actually. I don't think this is just from the last viewing. Um, but it's mainly because... Uh, he's dubbed. He's dubbed by Max von Sydow. And the dub isn't particularly successful successful mainly probably because uh Wilhelm is not a great actor or yeah. wasn't a great actor i think he's dead now um i don't want to step on the toes
0: of uh do you want to do you want to visit trivia corner then if, Sure. Uh, if we're uh if we're Go already doing Go this uh, so uh
1: <clears throat> trivia corner welcome to trivia corner
0: halloween version that was brilliant Put some like reverb on that, and he got like a... "I'm brilliant." Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, so just an interesting fact uh, before—I don't know if I'm going to step on the toes of anything that you've got written there. But apparently, uh, Mister Wilhelm von German'sberg uh, sort of um, walked out when of the premiere when he realized that he'd been dubbed.
1: That is what I got written here.
0: I think I'm going to let you do the trivia, and you'll let me do the VFX, and then we Not just won't like step the...
1: on each other's shit. That, that's fine. <laughs> I, I think that he's he's a very striking character. He's a good villain, but uh, he could have been used a little bit more, basically. That's that's how I felt.
0: But what do you feel about him walking out when he realized that his voice wasn't being used?
1: Hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? No, I'm I the reason I'm asking you is because there's a there's a thing that I've seen where they don't tell someone that they've been uh, recast or that they've been dubbed, and you know, like why would they not tell him that and have him go to the premiere and then find out like that? Like it feels like a faux pas almost.
1: Surprise! It's,
0: it's I think it's rude. I think it's you know, bad bad etiquette. Bad no dating, bad etiquette. Um, So,
1: trivia corner. Trivia corner. Um, Another piece of trivia is that, um, apparently, Peter McNichol, who starred with Meryl Streep in uh, Sophie's Choice, apparently he got his accent for Janos from her. How? Her accent for Sophie.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to forever color the way that I see that. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah. So... uh, What else you got? What else have I got here? Um, Okay... Okay. Trivia Corner's rather sort of, like,
0: dark and and sort of cobwebby today. Is that the Halloween aesthetic? Yeah. (laughs) I'm, like, a little bit scared in here. It's a little bit, you know, cramped, and I'm also seeing things crawling out of the shadows, and, you
1: know, it's a little bit creepy. Okay. Uh, Bill Murray said in an April 2021 interview, Hey, that's this year. That wasn't so long ago. That he and the other cast members signed on to this film based on a script they didn't use. Says Murray Ghostbusters 2 ended up not being the story they wrote They got us in the sequel under false pretenses Harold had this great idea But by the time we got to shooting it I showed up on set and went What the hell is this? What is this thing? But we were already shooting it So we had to figure out how to make it work Does he say what the
0: idea originally was? No Well then what's the point in that? <laughs> I'm, I'm curious now Maybe it was a direct sequel to uh, to the whole Goza thing
1: I have one more trivia corner I'm interested The scene where Stans and Spengler are developing photographs that burst into flames and threaten to burn them alive was added during reshoots to increase the sense of danger and urgency. After assembling an early edit, Ivan Reitman saw that he had been focusing so much on the Venkman-Barrett relationship that he was neglecting the thrills. The tunnel scene with the phantom heads is another added sequence.
0: Wow, okay. So I didn't know that about the tunnel sequence, but I didn't know that about the... uh... Uh, the burning pictures, which, by the way, is is really really uh, creepy. I think.
1: Yeah, um, it's pretty creepy. Um, also, how the uh, you see the the, the lock. Yeah, lock the itself. lock
0: locks itself. Did you notice that? Um, Ray says, "What are we gonna do? Shove our heads in the toilet?" When? So um, they realize that the door is locked, and Ray goes, "Why is this locked? Why is this locked?" I swear, I watched right. it like a few Why times. Why is closed? He says, "Why is this closed?" And then. Um, Egon is pulling him back, and he's like, "Get back! Get back! Get a- Get a- You know, get away from it! Get away from it!" He's like, "What do you want us to do? Put our head in the toilet because there's a toilet in the corner." Um, and I've never noticed that before, hmm. and it just like it just made me go, "What did he just say?" And I like had to replay it a few times. That's there is a precedent
1: said. for that actually, because both of them in this movie have big hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> protect the be protect the, the beehive. Th- the first thing that would go on fire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. Uh, thank you for your uh, for your trivia corner um, contributions. Uh, that was very good. That was very good. But I
1: was thinking that it's interesting because um, another another thing here that's written here is that um, because of the success of the real Ghostbusters, they had to soften uh, things in yeah. Ghostbusters too. Like for example, they they uh, they nixed uh, Ray and Peter smoking and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then you have things like the like the tunnel scene with the heads. Um, yeah. That's not very family friendly at all. It's pretty horrifying i mean i remember being shit scared of that when i was little um you know and there's a bunch of severed heads on spikes also i i noticed that egon kind of like goes right up to one and like sort of screams in its face yeah <laughs> but like i mean aside from that it's 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 kind of it's kind of horrifying and um i just wondered what uh, what you thought about that like uh, in terms of like family friendly because i was a kid when i saw this you were a kid when you saw this
0: i was always frightened of the head sequence and i remember skipping it when i was uh when i was a kid i used to fast forward through it uh, remember fast forward yeah, <laughs> uh, I used to fast forward through it because it was I I was I was very scared of stuff like I was scared of as we've mentioned before of uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and I was thinking about this while I was driving um uh, to a video game uh, developers meetup um, where you know I was thinking about how. Uh, you know, we had talked about the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing and how every time that I started watching the Pagemaster from the beginning and you see Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's mansion in the opening credits, which is basically smoke mm-hmm. sort of representations of the locations they go to. And you hear like a kind of... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember a, a one time that I watched it in my brain, uh, something clicked and I said to our mother who was in the room, I think Mr. Hyde's in that house. And I remember her saying, do you want to not watch this? Like, I remember her saying to me, like, do you want me to turn it off? And I was like, no, you know, whatever. But like, there was also, as much as I was scared of something, there was always a morbid fascination with it that kept on bringing me back to it. So, you know, it was a bit of a tangent, but just to say like about the, um, you know, the, the, the severed heads, that I would fast forward it. And I remember there were times when I would also maybe go back to it a little bit just to kind of get the, the sense of the scene. And it, it freaked me out as a kid,
1: for sure. Yeah, but the thing is that this this film is uh, rated PG, um, and it is uh, you know under parents' discretion whether or not they show their kids. I'm just interested because we both have kids. Um, at what age would you allow them to watch something like this? So
0: I don't know because there's a part of me that's like really excited to share everything with my eldest. You know, like because he's you know he he talks now and he 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 talks and he's very. Um... Uh, you know, he remembers stuff and, you know, he's watched like Despicable Me and Winnie the Pooh and and the Robin Hood animated film. He's afraid of the bees. He's afraid of the bees and Winnie the Pooh. Um, you know, but again, his morbid fascination with things that scare him, right, is the same as mine when I was a kid. Uh, when we read Winnie the Pooh, he always makes me read the bit with the bees in it. Which I think is very interesting to me. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I digress. The point is that I don't know what the appropriate age is. I think 10, 9, 10. Like, I don't, we, that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's too soon.
1: you know, I old, don't know how old I was, but I must have been around that age. Ghostbusters
0: 9, never scared me, um, you know, to the point where it was giving me nightmares. Yeah. Um, but... Were you just thinking Frankenstein never scared me? Is yes, that what I went was. through your head? Yes, I so saw was. you I yeah, saw yeah. your like mouth twitch and then you decided not yeah. to do it. <laughs> I was like I was like, Ah, mental telepathy, astral protection kind of thing. <laughs> um popcorn. Bing,
1: bing, 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 bing. Popcorn. popcorn. Uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, connection there. Very good. Gross Point Blank. See it. Uh,
0: maybe we should do about that movie one yeah, day.
1: We can. We can
0: absolutely. Um, we can do anyway. that as a watch along.
1: Actually, that'd be fun. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was I was just saying that the um... I just want to say fuck this cough, <sighs> fuck it right off.
0: You're doing a good job though. I think that you're really I... uh, trooping trooping through well, it. Thank well, you. Thank you very much. I tro- uh, trooper, trooper, well,
1: well, well, thank you. Anyway, hey, the... thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, hello,
0: Miss. Okay. Um, so I think the I think that the. Um the question of when a kid is ready to watch it is kind of dependent on the kid. And I, I would like to sort of see how he progresses and how he shows me that he reacts to things, um, based on what I think now, like not before he's 10 and maybe even after, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's a great question. I think it, it has to be, it has to be based on him and his, yeah. the way that he progresses.
1: I mean, I, I saw these things without, uh, any sort of parental guidance, and, um, I don't know, scared me at the time, but I, I kind of like the fact that I was scared by yeah. it.
0: Can I change my answer though? Mm-hmm. Cause I've just sort of thought of something that might sort of have a bearing on whether or not I make it through another day. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever Shosh says it's okay oh, for yes, him to course. watch the film course, is when he's yeah. going to watch that sort of film. Of I will course. have no say in it and I will obviously talk to her first before doing it. Yeah. <sighs> I think we made it out of that one. Okay. Right. Yeah. Would you like to take a trip to uh, my VFX attic? Join me in the VFX attic. Where else can you see VFX in an attic, other than VFX attic? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The thing is, this is not a Halloween thing. It's always going to be a creepy attic.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And this is because of
1: this is because of me. I'm creepy. Sure. Fantastic. If you want that to be a thing.
0: VFX Attic today is going to be split into two parts. Uh, I'm going to talk about Ghostbusters' Answer the Call in a little bit, but I wanted to start with VFX supervisor um, for Ghostbusters 2 is Dennis Murin.
1: Um, Dennis Murin is a big, um, yeah. big guy in ILM. A
0: big guy in ILM. They changed uh, VFX houses for the second movie because apparently they weren't pleased with the results uh, they got in the first one. Um, and uh, according to... Um, Murin, the they got a lot more visual effects shots than they initially thought they were going to get. Like it was originally agreed that it would be one thing and that was like 180 something, which nowadays doesn't sound like a lot in the time frame that they had, which was not, um, you know, very long. Uh, but once again, the ghosts were animatronic or people in suits uh, that were then enhanced by visual effects such as glows and glowing eyes. Um, What I'm about to tell you is uh, I want to give credit where credit is due. This is something that I learned from uh, also articles and things that I read on the subject um, in my research. But the first time that I came across this was the uh, uh, YouTube channel um, Corridor Crew, who talk a lot about VFX. They have a series called VFX Artists React. Um, and they talk a lot about movies and uh, and how things are done. They talk about this particular scene um, where the Scalari brothers in the courtroom um, come out. Uh, so uh, what they did in their, in the case of these two was uh, they were... Uh, I believe that they were men in suits, um, you know, sitting in electric chairs, and they did their whole blue screen thing, and what they did was they projected the footage of the two uh, flying ghosts onto Miraplex, which is a sort of silver reflective... Um, surface, um, and when you manipulate the material, which is quite flexible, um, it would sort of stretch it out, and and you know, like kind of like uh, what they say on *Corridor Crew* is, they take like it's like if you take a a silver helium balloon and you like uh, mush it around, your reflection kind of warps. So when you're watching that scene and the Scaleri Brothers are warping and changing and uh, changing size and, and stretching, uh, that's how they did it. They had uh, motion-controlled push rods uh, to make. Uh, you know, them uh, bulge and stretch. Uh, It's a very cool scene. Yeah, Slimer returns this time, uh, but with a puppeteer inside an animatronic facial control rig instead of, um, you know, cables and rods. Um, But his... uh, Yeah, it's the same same effects. Um, But there are some interesting uh, advances in uh, computers and what they're able to do. Um, and so, for example, with some of the animatronic puppets, they would record a, a sort of library of movements um, and store them in a database that they could then edit down to the, the movements that, they, that worked for them. Uh, so if there was a specific uh, series of movements that the animatronic um, you know, rig would, would do, uh, like a facial expression, they could store that data and then play it back at the touch of a button. Uh, which obviously made things a lot easier. And that's actually v- very close to how facial rigs and CG. Now, you know, you can sort of create a library of, of facial movements and then you can call them back and, you know, bring them in. Um, and I just thought that that was really cool. Um So that is the end of Visual Effects Attic for Ghostbusters 2. VFX Attic. What's your uh,
1: favorite ghost in this one?
0: That's a really hard one because I really, really like uh, the taxi driver. The taxi driver is it in the first one. I
1: think it's in the first one. Yeah. 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 Cause
0: it's... Oh no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So I like the taxi driver in the first one. I wish you'd asked me that last episode. Okay. Um, so the taxi
1: driver in the first one. Um, hang on. I-,
0: I can think of a second one. Okay. This is hard. See, this is this is something I wanted to talk about because the design of the ghosts in the second movie are actually quite different from the ghosts in the first movie. Because the the ghosts mostly are very, um, uh, as we said, sort of stylized and cartoony. But they used a lot more um, real looking people. Like if you look at the the thing Titanic. of the Titanic and the guy running that, through that the park, is creepy. There's a guy running through the park who is very <coughs> very sort of person like. Um, yeah, that
1: kind of upset me this time around because I'm like, he's just running through the park. He's not terrorizing you, why anybody. Why are you upsetting him? Um, but, like, but, well, but what what are you what are you catching him for? So, well, he's a ghost. Yeah, and then Bill Murray does a kind of bye bye, and, and then, then he, it gets cut yeah, too soon. No question. Sure um,
0: but but yeah, so it's a great question. I, I think that I think that my favorite ghost for this movie is probably uh, Janosch. Um, as as a you know, as a specter flying through the sky, just because of how creepy it is, and the music that's playing in the background, his arm stretches and he sort of carries Oscar off. And the the thing is, is that what really scares me about that scene uh, is it's a little bit yeah, it's the red eyes, Mm. how they glow, and it's just unexpected because we've seen. Um you know Peter mcnichol's character as as rather comic relief and and very funny, and as we did at the beginning of the episode, rather indulgently quote every single right. line um that he's that he does in the movie, this is a really stark turnaround and 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 I'm able to kind of come up with my own sort of lore on what happened there is that you know vigo gave him you know the power to corporeal or, or incorporeally astral project himself and take the form of whatever he wants and the fact that that is maybe his choice is really quite
1: yeah. disturbing um but also there's that creepy moment during the blackout where his eyes light up also yeah, yeah. that's an image that stuck with me yeah for sure childhood
0: um, I think the nanny thing like really sticks with me a lot. Um but, but the the thing is is that it's so hard for me to choose a ghost because there aren't really any of those stylized ones apart from the uh the ghost that sort of pokes its head under the archway and that or, or between whatever so it is. So that was
1: well, that was gonna be mine. The one that goes Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say um because I love the noise it makes. Um but uh It's also, the only it's the I only like one. The thinner, really. thinner Sculary brother is like uh, is I, I like yeah. that one a lot. I guess you could say
0: that they've got a good design, but I'm always distracted I was by... I think also one of the
1: holographic stickers I had was, I think, of, of uh, the Scoleri brothers as well.
0: Oh, do you know what? We we forgot to talk about this, but in the context uh, yeah. section of the last episode, I forgot to talk about it, was uh, the um, uh, neutrino wand toy that we had that would project um, yeah. the... Right. Um, it would make the sound of the, of the stream, I it think. It didn't really. No? It went... Ah right yeah okay. So in my made head, a very very annoying. In noise. my <laughs> head, it, it it was the as a kid, it was the sound. So you'd have to turn thing.
1: off all the lights, and it would project an image on the wall.
0: It had Slimer, and you had a button on it that could make the the faces move. So it had yeah. Slimer. It had. Um, Gozer in its female form. And uh, the Marshmallow the Man. The Marshmallow Man. Yeah. And I, I only remembered that. For, I, it, I've i not thought about it in... Where and, is
1: it? I, it's gone. It's, it's gone? gone? Did they sell it at the... Uh,
0: Either at the car boot sale or, or it, it, it broke. You know, these things aren't made to last for 30 years. Some of them actually, are, like... Actually, like...
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Disaster strikes.
0: It's like there's a broken bum, broken table, broken eye. I don't know what's going on anymore.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I I think that some of those uh, toys from the from the '80s and '90s really do stick around quite a lot. Like they they are built to last.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was sold in the car boot yeah, I, I feel like I I really should have put my foot down on a
1: lot of that stuff that was sold. Um, oh, I just I remember the the Peter Bankman that you uh, you pressed a button and his yeah, hair went his up head and went his up eyes and popped out and his, down, down, his yeah. mouth opened. Um that was uh, that was a really cool toy and I don't know where that where that You went. you know that you can probably get those all on eBay now like Yeah but they... that's not the point. I want the ones that that you had that, I had, that have yeah. your
0: scratches on them. Exactly. Um but um t- so I was just thinking about that. I just, it was um I haven't thought about it in such a long time. It was just like big nostalgic moment for me to remember. Um I used to like my my uh, eldest uh, goes to sleep with, you know, toys, uh, you know, that light up and play music and one of them has like uh uh you know stars that sort of you can project onto the ceiling um and uh and I was just thinking i used to go to bed with that <laughs> like uh projecting these scary images on the which they weren't really they were more modeled after like the style of the, the cartoon, the cartoon yeah. than anything else but you know yeah. that was it I'm done with vfx uh attic um would you like to uh, tell me a little bit about the Blu-ray transfer um, of uh, Ghostbusters Two.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a little bit sharper than the uh, than the transfer for Ghostbusters One, mainly because uh, you know obviously the it's uh, more recent. There's uh, probably a change in film stocks there, probably a change in cinematographer as well. I haven't checked, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous. Uh, it's the best it's ever gonna look. It's a four K uh, remaster. And um, and it looks amazing. I uh, yeah, especially
0: I mean, on your TV, it probably looked great. It looked great. It yeah. looked really, really great. Yeah,
1: um, especially like you can see now um, the joins. A lot of people complain about this kind of thing, but I I love it because you're seeing the detail that's already there. Um, but on that very very first shot, when the slime comes through the crack in the pavement, yeah. it's very very obviously uh, shot on a soundstage, and then they cut to the uh, to the outdoor shot of Dana walking down the street. Um, but, uh, but you can see all of that detail that, uh, that went into the production design of that, you know, that piece of, uh, concrete. Piece of concrete, um, and it's just, yeah, marvelous. Love it. The, um, uh, the thing <coughs> about
0: the, um, the museum is that they had like a, a, miniature model made of it. And if you look at behind the scenes footage, I'm assuming for some of the VFX shots where like slime is crawling up it and, and. Uh, pouring down the doors and and flying off the top and you know whatever, uh, the miniature that they made of the museum is really detailed. And yeah, really gorgeous looking. And it's like they, I, I just really like seeing that stuff. Watching people sculpt these things and paint them with their hands. I mean, people listen. People do that now in CG, right? It's it's the same thing. Only it's less. Uh, there's less you know, tangible to lose. There's less to lose. Like, yeah. you know, control Z is a thing and, you know, saving and coming back to it later. And you're not accident- accidentally going to knock it over if you go,
1: yeah, the museum and knock it over. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I, I love all, I love the, uh, the different textures of, uh, of the slime. Um, yeah. you know, there's uh, there's a, there's a certain texture to it when it's flowing in the river, there's a certain texture to it when it's, uh, Coming up uh, out of the uh, cracks in the doors of the museum, um, there's a different texture to it when it's coming out of the tap and yeah. when it's in the jar um, in the uh, in the courtroom. They've got
0: the good slime and the bad slime, which they is got a the different good slime shade and the pink. bad
1: slime. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's just one of those things that's a, it's an extra character in the movie, and uh, I just think it's really really cool. They
0: went really all in on the slime, and I really like it. It's it's really well done. Yeah. they actually I, said it's edible.
1: Ew, yeah, really?
0: They, they said it won't taste of anything. But you could eat it, and I was like, I was reading that line. I was like, Why would you want to? But then I realized that they had um, Egon, uh, you know, Harold Ramis, who, who was, um, you know, covered in it from head to all. All three of them were. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, and and there's a there's a bit behind the scenes where it's like it's it's pouring over him. It must be going in his mouth. They had to make it non toxic. Right. They had to make it so that it could go in your mouth and it would be fine.
1: Yeah. No. Because there were. Um, movies uh, productions where you know the the glue of the uh, that uh, that glued the latex onto the actor's face would uh, would be toxic and yeah. the actor would have a bad reaction and have to be have to be sent to hospital and things like well, that. Well,
0: the so. Stay puff Marshmallow Man suit is a good example of oh, very really? dangerous. So I told you that the uh, uh, the actor was unable to breathe without breathing apparatus right. inside it, and also that the latex was apparently made of a rather shoddy material. Hmm. Or something. I'm not sure. I'd need to check that. But it's a, it's apparently not a very safe. Uh, it wasn't a safe suit for the guy to wear. Let's put it like that. Right.
1: Um, so I want to just talk a little bit about the um, about the story about the characters here because um, there, there is a lot going on. If you think about um, sequels in general, uh, there's a sequels get a bad reputation, especially sort of pre Marvel Yeah. Uh, and pre uh, you know Spider Man Two and things like that um, that. Uh, You know, sequels get a bad reputation for being nothing more than a cynical cash grab, bigger and better, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they do a really good job of, first of all, establishing each of the Ghostbusters in turn where they are um, and what they're doing and how they're failing. Yeah, reintroducing them. Right. Um, You know, so Dana's had a child um, and she's working at the museum. And, uh, you know, obviously Ray's unable to let go of the whole Ghostbusters thing. So he and uh, Winston are doing birthday parties and um, like
0: he's He's got this like a cult
1: uh, shop. Yeah, he's got an occult bookshop. Um, and, uh, and also a uh, bit of trivia there. Uh, the kid that uh, tells um, uh, Ray that uh, my dad thinks you're full of crap is in fact Jason Reitman. Jason Hush. Who is Ivan Reitman's son and director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There is that. Um, and then you've got Peter, who is a, uh, you know, Sigourney Weaver's character Dana says in the first movie, you are more like a game show host. And here he is hosting a chat show. <clears throat> Which, I've never made that connection. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So, yeah. And the and the, the, the chat show, see- I love it. I love the chat show scene. I know you do, because every time you're watching it, you send me the same still. I send him the same still of uh, of Peter Venkman staring deadpan, at the camera, staring at the camera, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I love it. Um, it's, uh, it's just a really, it's just a really great scene, but anybody who's paying attention will know that Milton, who is the guy sitting on the, on the left, is actually, is actually right. Correct. Yeah. The world will end on New Year's Eve if the Ghostbusters don't stop it. Exactly. Um, Elaine, who's the other guest, is just a wacko. Basically. Yeah. Hairless pets. And I,
0: weird. I, I really, first of all, thank you for that. I really love those little nuggets that you throw in there because they're really, they, they change the way that I think about these things. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I never, I never connected Oh, and Egon that.
1: working at the university. That's the other thing. Right?
0: Yeah. It's, he's, he's still doing the same kind of thing that he was right. doing before, like with his research. It's, um, I really love Egon in this movie. I love that moment where there are great character moments, yeah. uh, which again, establish friendship. And we were talking about this in the last episode, but you know how the, the three main characters. Are you know friends and there are friendship bonds that, that you know are very clear in the first episode? I, I talked about how you know when he gives e- when Pete gives uh uh Egon the the candy bar and and Ray kind of gives a sort of knowing smile like he's sort of smiling to himself at these guys, so yeah. Um, and then in this one, uh, Dana comes to Egon for help and she says to him, you know. Uh, how's peter doing and and she's like does he ever mention me and he on purpose lies and goes oh no 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 and then he he scans her to see what her emotional reaction is to ah, that, but, I never...
1: Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I completely... I, now I've just made that connection.
0: Yeah, like he's... I never he's, thought about that before. He's trying to see if she still feels the same way oh, that I she did. So I never thought about that before. No, because he's, he's, he's... I know studying that he's been completely emotional.
1: callous throughout that entire scene towards... The people on the other side of the uh, the two way mirror that they're having an argument. You it's thought like, that he was just like being. I, d- I no, I never understood what he was doing, but now I now I get it. Like he's 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 trying to gauge her her, her emotional state. Yeah, because that's, that's what his brilliant. his
0: research is. He was saying I, I want to see how you know people's emotional states sort of change the air around them, and that is what he's scanning with that little device oh, in his brilliant. hand. And so he says to her like, "No," and then you know he. You he see, scans you learn it.
1: something new every day. A movie that I've seen. So many times since I was ten years old, and and that's like completely new to me. That's brilliant. this is a big
0: moment for me, I must say.
1: <laughs> Normally it's the other way. It's around. the other way round. Yeah, no, but that's brilliant. That's brilliant.
0: Um, and there's a few of those. Like there's there's a few moments there where um you know, like the thing with the toaster where he where Peter pretends to have his hand eaten, and then they sort of yeah. grab him and they go get him. Is like a great like friendship moment where yeah. they're like messing about and ladding about sort of thing.
1: Um, and Winston's a lot more involved this time around, by the way, also yeah. a lot more involved. Um, so and I, as I, we mentioned, we've last mentioned, last
0: and we, I think the fact that he has that hero moment and the music also does like, I don't know what's that, music, <laughs> <laughs> very like hero yeah. music. As he comes in, he breaks the door down. Like as a great, like, yeah, moment. Yeah. uh, what do you want me to do? Shove my head in the toilet. It's a great line. <laughs> um, and I, I just uh I, I really like this movie just because I think that there's a lot of layering to it that people don't really notice. Um And also I think that Dana is is uh is very open to Peter being back in her life and there's like there's like there That's are moments a, it's, where it's
1: great because in the in the first movie you feel like there's no precedent for their relationship whatsoever. Um and it's funny because there are a lot of movies that um that I, I have that kind of reaction. Um, definitely, you know, I'm going to mention the the B word again, but definitely a lot of Bond movies where it's oh. like, oh, he just <laughs> met her and now he's yeah. snogging her. Um, so, so there are a lot of movies where, where you I, I just can't see how that relationship works. And this movie really kind of picks up that thread and, and, uh, and sort of shows how the relationship didn't work and it shows how they start to come back together.
0: Well, there's, there's more to it because it's like the relationship, um, you know, it it blossomed and I, I, I assume from, you know, the way that they interact and sort of things that are thrown out in the movie is that they were actually they were in a good place until she wanted to start having the talk about like, you right. know, when but when are we and getting and married? Marriage, yeah. And he would fall asleep and you know, pretend to fall asleep, right. whatever it was because he was just being a commitment phobe. Now I think that this is going back to what I said in the last episode about how his character really um, grows um, yeah. and matures and there's a moment which Again, and I, I hate saying this, but I I am what I am. I'm a parent, and now I watch everything through the eyes of being a father. Like when I played, and I'm going to talk about video games because I'm also a game developer and a uh, an a game artist and and a avid gamer. Um, but in the God of War game that came out in 2018, which is a father son centric, um, you know, game where it takes a character who has had all of his previous games be about his violence and and anger and rage and how he's trying to teach his son about not doing that and and you seeing these character moments where he's it's very evolving road to
1: position yeah it's very
0: much that and yeah. it's also uh, what's the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where he's um, attacked by a bear Revenant? Revenant yeah so yeah so it's very that as well and um, there's a there's a moment where Venkman. Is you know he says you want to play with a big kid, and he goes, "I should have been your father. I mean, I could have been." And I've always like had that be a sort of throwaway line, but there's regret there. There's a lot of yeah. regret that he he missed out on a, on an opportunity, and he knows it. And he's looking at this kid, and he's going, "I fucked up," right? And I I think that that's something that I didn't really pick up on the last time I watched it. I think that maybe maybe I'm giving it too much. Of my own interpretation, or my own like sort of thing, but I I really think that those things are there. I don't think that they're yeah, there yeah. by accident. And you know, when he starts playing with him, and it's very natural. He really to him bonds to play with him. him as well. Like, yeah. There's a
1: few scenes where he's bonding with him, and then you like when you get to the the peril at the end of it. He's looking after. He's him. really looking after him.
0: He's he's like making sure that he's safe. He's, he's, he's dad. He's even he's even you know where he's like. Hey Vigo, yeah, you the Bimbo with the baby. He knows that he, they're going to be attacked again, yeah. right? But he's just trying to postpone whatever he thinks is inevitably about to happen to this baby. And I think that that's a very paternal sort of like it's th- there's a lot of heroism in in Piece of in this particular movie that it's right. in the first one, but it's motivated by something a lot Purer this
1: time, so that's the thing. I feel like his character really develops in this one, and, and yeah. people sort of throw this one away. Um, but I feel like it's uh, it's 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 a lot more nuanced yeah. um, than people give it credit for, uh, I and agree. it makes me think as well. Like um, there are going to be cameos in uh, in Afterlife of the original yeah. uh, trio, not the original trio, but like uh, the three surviving Ghostbusters. Howard has passed away a few years ago, um, but um, uh, there there is. They are um, supposed to be coming back, um, and I've deliberately avoided reviews up to this point because I don't want any of that ruined. But I am wondering if Dana and Peter are still together, mm. um, and I'm wondering if uh, if Oscar is uh, is going to make an appearance of, of some kind. Mm. Um, I haven't thought about that actually. I'd be interested but, to know that. But yeah, I mean, because because I am so connected to these characters and I do love them so much, so it would be nice to see some kind of development there in mm. the uh, um, in the uh, in the third the third movie, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but yes, yeah, I mean, if, if you count the game as Canon,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, yeah, but I, I, but that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like there's um, there's a lot more to this movie than the uh, the sort of wham bam. Special effects and you know Vigo and all that stuff. I think that there's a lot going on with the uh, with the core cool cast, and as I said before, even with uh, with Lewis and Janine, yeah, it's a really sweet uh, relationship. That's uh, you know it's played for laughs, but
0: uh, he he also does kind of go through. It's interesting because I noticed at this time while I was watching it right. was that Lewis,
1: who was born to wear this stuff,
0: yeah, it's played for laughs. But there's a moment w- w- you know after they beat the ghosts in the courtroom. Yeah. And he's seen them in action. I think this is probably the first <clears throat> time that he's ever been there physically to see them in action like, you know. Right. Um and he and he goes, you know, they're, they're like two in the box, ready to go. We be fast and they, they be, be slow. slow, right? And and, and he his goes head wow. comes into frame. Yeah, and he goes right? yeah. and he's like, you know, he's inspired and yeah. that you know, he you know, he he's then more like sort of involved in their lives, and he's he's sort of you know he's in the um, ad, <laughs> he's in the ad, and and he's taken on like a role. He wants to be he wants to be a Ghostbuster, and then yeah. you know Janine gives him the suit and the proton pack, and 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 all of that. Um, and and he doesn't actually do anything. Right, like he's not Keep actually. It.
1: Stay sure Make good choices.
0: Yeah, that he's like you know I'm
1: here with you guys. Yeah. But
0: there's like there's a, there's a uh, he didn't have it in the last movie. He was That's he actually was very what spineless. I was thinking.
1: What I was thinking during the finale was that it's a it's a bit of a shame that what he does is actually useless. Yeah. That like you know it would have been nice if he would have actually had an integral role in. Uh, in well, uh, I don't in helping... think
0: that would have been earned. I don't think it would have been earned had he come in and like,
1: you know, No, because there was anyway. a subplot that was deleted from it that uh, that did involve him sort of trying to become a ghostbuster and catch Slimer or something. Yeah, that's what it was actually. Yeah, there was a it was I about I him, heard him about versus that. Slimer. Um and then you know, obviously there's a payoff at the end where he where he sees him, uh, you know, driving the bus and then Slimer goes, <laughs> which means Get okay, it. I didn't get your li
0: I didn't know you had your license. <laughs> but so so just like on that note, it feels like every character except for Janine yeah. had some kind of um character development moment. Um Well,
1: I mean she she kind of realizes that she wants to be a mother. If you're digging real deep. I mean that I mean that I guess that's her her arc in the movie, but yeah. she's also um a much more sort of background character than um than the rest of them
0: yeah i mean she was very background in the first one as well yeah but she did have like those sorts of oh no you can't come in here without a warrant you know like she 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 stands up to people she has like these uh these strong moments and in this movie i feel like her characterization is uh much lesser and that she has like she's only uh, in a few scenes to be honest
1: like she's in the scene where um where she says i'm leaving good night and
0: Ghostbusters, yes, we're back.
1: Yeah, and then and um, then when they're babysitting, you know, like and then uh,
0: she's the one who gives. I guess that's the yeah. moment is where she's yeah, yeah. giving Lewis the the equipment. She's, she's
1: not in a, a whole hell of a lot, yeah. but you know
0: what? She does uh, this. It's not a good thing, but she is sort of like. Pushing him to be more, right? Which is, I suppose, a, a thing that she, you know we could mention. Yeah. Um. But I really would uh like to move from uh Ghostbusters two to Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. Because I do have I do have a lot of thoughts on this <clears throat> movie. Um. Uh. Preface it with saying this is actually the first time I've seen it. Yeah. I is... I refused to go and see it in the cinema. Um. And I I don't have a good reason why not. I just wasn't interested.
1: So I went to see it uh on my birthday in two thousand sixteen. Happy birthday. Um yeah. So uh my wife took me. (laughs) Um and uh I remember the opening scene um with uh uh what's his name from the office? Um you know the skinny guy Yeah, the skinny guy. The skinny guy. Um and then it goes yeah so it's saying like
0: the, the music yeah
1: so the the song kicks in and i wasn't expecting the song to kick in um and it opens like every other ghostbusters movie right um so i was kind of sold at that point um and i remember enjoying it i enjoyed it but i i did notice it for what it was which was um that kind of mumbling improv style comedy of the uh, Judd Apatow ilk. Yeah. Um, that uh, that it is sort of like mixed in with a, you know, randomly with a Ghostbusters movie. Um, and also the other thing was during in the middle of the movie, during the concert sequence, the uh, lights came up in the cinema that I was in. Yeah, lovely. (laughs) I'll always remember that. (laughs) Don't know why that happened, but uh, anyway, they went down again.
0: Lack of professionalism. Yeah. That's what it was. Um,
1: But anyway, yeah, so I've seen it a few times, um, and I enjoy it. I don't have the, uh, I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit about about Toxic Fandom. Okay. Uh, Because um, this movie um, inspired a lot of hatred online. Uh, when it, uh, when it was first announced, not even when it came out, not even when people saw it, but before people had seen a single frame of it, that, uh, that four women were being cast in the roles. Um, and I've got my own take on this, uh, really in terms of like what, why that didn't necessarily work and, and why it doesn't matter at the same time. Um, you know, that it's got nothing to do with the fact that they're four women. Uh, it's to do with the script. It's to do with the execution Um, it's to do with the fact that there's no reason for them to be women, that they're recasting stock characters because there are four Ghostbusters in the original two movies, so they have to have four female Ghostbusters in the new movie, which I think Afterlife is kind of rectifying in a way because there's no um, filling in of stock characters in that movie, they're all just kind of they you just aren't characters. Yeah, you've got kids. You've got Paul Rudd. You've got um, Carrie Coon. You know, and you and you've got the uh, the surviving members of the Ghostbusters who are you know and Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts probably who are gonna you know cameo. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's none of that kind of stock recasting of roles in the same way that they did with Ocean's Eight as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a it's just a way. It's kind of like um, you know, it's a focus group um, movie basically it's uh, sony pictures saying let's be diverse yeah um so i don't have a problem with that as long as it's um justified for the uh you know for the for the characterization and the story of the movie um so uh so yeah so i mean i i enjoyed it for what it was but um uh, and i also think that in a way the the amount of of vitriol that was spat out from um from fans of the franchise uh before the movie came out kind of gave me that um, that kind of lowered expectation from the get-go so when I went in there I wasn't expecting to enjoy myself yeah um, so yeah
0: I, it's, I I think it's first of all great that you brought up toxic fandom because I I also feel that anyone who feels strongly enough to uh, about anything to uh, you know show any any violence or death threats you know like when the last of us two came out, um, and the, um, sorry, I just slid the soda across the table to Johnny. Soda. soda. So the, the, the in the Last of Us uh, two, uh, without spoiling anything, there are some uh, major um, character moments and um, you know deaths and whatnot, and death threats and hate speech and a lot of those things were thrown at the very 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 talented actors and. And, and and team yeah. uh, crew who worked on that game and mm-hmm. i i played the game and i was going this is toxic fandom like like right. if you care enough about anything to speak to another human being like that you using the c word saying i hope you die and things like that I, I think you should sit down until that feeling goes away. Yeah, because right? like, Leslie you know. Jones got a lot of that. I think and she, I, I think it's really wrong. It's, I, it's I think ridiculous. also
1: unwarranted because I, I really enjoy Leslie Jones in this movie, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think that uh, there was a lot of that kind of hatred that was spewed towards No Time to Die as well. Um, and let me tell you, I mean, we, we've, we did uh, a very long discussion on No yeah. Time to Die. We got two episodes on it. That is not what's wrong with the movie. It's nothing to do with quote unquote wokeness. It's nothing to do with a female 07. It's nothing to do with Bond not sleeping yeah. with women, etc. 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 It's it's to do with the script, it's to do with the direction of yeah. the uh of the of the franchise that uh, that you know they decided to go in. Um so so yeah, I wouldn't say that um that any of what's wrong with uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call is to do with the fact that they're women. It's not.
0: I, I absolutely don't. I really don't think it is. I, I if, You know, I think part of why I didn't watch it was because I was worried that that was what was going to be my problem. Like, I would be disappointed in myself if, if that was what was bothering me. And I thought maybe it might creep up on me and, like, I'd go, oh, sigh. Right? But, like, it wasn't. And, and yeah. I, I'm not... That's not... That's <clears throat> never my problem. Um, but, like... You know, I was watching it, and I knew exactly where my problems were. My problems were with the VFX, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the the characterization... First of all, I don't find Melissa McCarthy funny in anything. This is, apart from, this is a
1: running theme with Psy. Si.
0: Yeah, with with Gilmore Girls, I thought that she was a very cute character. I thought that she was fantastic because in that. she was
1: taken in uh in, in, in in doses. In very small doses. Yeah.
0: Um whenever she headlines any movie I'm turned off by it. I'm sorry. I don't find her funny. I find her her voice particularly grating and and I just think she's overly she's too much. Um Kristen Wiig is always the same amount of awkward.
1: Yeah, she's got that thing where she's um where she's like uh kind of like talking over other characters. Yeah. You know where she would be like yeah, it's just like yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's, there's, but that's what I'm talking about. It's always improvised, and it's always, uh, it's always that same like kind of mumbling comedy yeah. that I, you know.
0: Kate McKinnon was brilliant. Like I, Kate
1: McKinnon, I, I couldn't decide whether she was genius or extremely annoying. But I think I, a lot of it is the writing. I think that, I yeah. think
0: that the, the writing and, and like, I like the
1: line where she says. I could think of a bunch of things to do with a cadaver today. Right. Like I, I like that. And she's she does kick ass in the finale as well.
0: I like how she licks the two guns and she yeah. says it. So there's a lot of things also about um, the established rules of what the what the tech does um, yeah. in Ghostbusters. So the Proton Pack and the and the Neutrino ones are there to Um, you know, they, they loop around the ghosts and they, they are a confinement beam. They say it in the first movie, I want a confinement stream from you Venkman. Right. Right. Um, and they, they use them so that they can, you know, they have no way to touch the ghosts and grab them. This is the way to do it. And they use it as a tool to bring the ghosts towards the trap so that the trap will suck But they're also
1: like nuclear streams so they can, uh, they can sort of point them into the Whatever portal it is, and yeah, and kind destroy of, it. It's it's scientific gobbledygook right. where they kind it, of like you know reverse it, the polarity of the neutron flux. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's there's. Obvi- <clears> I'm <throat> not saying that any of it makes sense, but I'm saying that there right. is an established rules of what the tech does and they what it can it's be used, used as weapons. Though, is right.
1: What I'm saying, they can punch holes in things.
0: But in in this one, if. It seems like, and I'd love for anyone to let us know, uh, you know, on the on the group, uh, to the Facebook group, let us know if uh, if I'm wrong about this. But it seems like this, uh, the streams are used to push ghosts back and to to sort of vaporize them and attack them, and and it's fine that they're kind of. But why do you need a trap then? And they don't really talk about them trapping ghosts, really. Like they they do trap ghosts. They but trap one in a in a in, in, in a in a portable trap. but exactly. There's no storage unit yet. There's no storage unit. There's not. It's it's all very kind of uh, wishy washy. What the tech is for and right. what it does, and it's all there to showcase how badass they are. And,
1: and but also to like create VFX moments. And yeah. There are, you know, there, there's a lot going on in that finale. And it it always amuses me that um, you know the convergence of all psychic energy is Times Square. Yeah. Um.
0: Um, I I, f- I I yeah. So I, I do kind of feel like the um the the tech there is a little a little iffy and and not you know. But but I think that Kate McKinnon is very sort of um, kooky and and crazy. I listen. the the fact The fact is is that a lot of the casting in that movie is is I think. A, a little misguided. Um you know the fact that they used the original cast for little cameos um I, I didn't like that so much. But and the I, only hated cameo, it. I hated it. The
1: only it. cameo I did like was uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh-huh. Cuz yeah. he actually had a point to him. Yeah. Being uh being Leslie Jones' character's uncle. Yeah. Uh, who provides the hearse?
0: Listen, I'm. I know that you said that you like Leslie Jones in this movie, but I, th- I, I, still, th- I think that the casting is fine, but that she's, she's just, she's a little too much, and the fart jokes, and there's yeah. too many fart jokes in this movie. And, and this is what we were talking about was the subtlety of the first two movies. Yeah, how it's mostly looks and throwaway lines and things like that, and this is very. Kind of, um, like, even the thing where, where Kristen Wiig and, and, and Melissa McCarthy kind of talk over each other. It's like, they both say, let's go. Oh, sorry, you wanted to yeah. say let's go? Like, it's forced. It doesn't feel natural and it yeah. doesn't feel earned. Like, their friendship doesn't feel earned and it doesn't feel like they've been friends for years. And uh, they start off at odds and then suddenly they're friends again. There's a lot of stuff. And also the characterization of, of, of tone in this movie is very sort of iffy. Like, Bill Murray's character gets killed. He gets thrown out the window. Characters die in this movie. um, Which is actually not something that happens. You know, in Ghostbusters these are ghosts. They are dead people. But we never see anyone actually die, if I'm not mistaken.
1: No. But I think think what's interesting is that Murray had said that he would come back for a Ghostbusters 3 if he would come back as a ghost. Mm. And it would have been more interesting if he would have been thrown out the window and then he would have come back as a ghost.
0: I have to talk about something that I think that no one's going to agree with me on, um, but it's something that I felt very strongly about while okay, I was watching the movie, and I, I know I know that we're now in a kind of very volatile state of you know um, a sort of um, flipping things on their head and how how uh, you know women are are empowered and that is what I want, right? Obviously, um, but I feel that this movie goes about it in the worst possible way if you are going to make a movie which is female centric about ghostbusters shit or get off the pot when it comes to the original cast like either they are the characters who they were playing or they're not in the movie right the other thing is about stupid little moments like first of all why is chris hemsworth they are they are drooling over him the whole way through the movie yeah. and 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 they are and it's constantly being hammered at me i felt I felt oppressed by how stupid he is. Like you know, they're they're yeah. hammering it to the point where oh, the male character who's really muscular and looks great is really useless and stupid, and he even becomes the bad guy's puppet. So he's the bad guy, and the the ghost that they that they the the main ghost that turns into the big sort of you know uh, cartoon ghost that turns into a big one who who is the the avatar for the the main villain at the end of the movie. Um, they they defeat him by sh- by shooting it in its quote unquote balls crutch, yeah. in, in its crotch and it's it's a lot of imagery to show how you know oh women against men and and whatnot mm-hmm. and I feel that that is the wrong message. I, I and I really I don't know what the right message is but I know that that isn't it and and it feels that whenever there's feminism which is um, again I like to think of myself as as a feminist like I I I am you know definitely. Definitely not against a female-centric Ghostbusters movie, um, but when you when you come across all of these moments uh, that are so very very aggressively, um, you know, hammering these points home, um, I, I I just I, I feel like it's it's going about it the wrong way, and that they the you know it's not it's not taking us in a better direction. It's taking us in an overcorrective, violent direction in a, in, in the wrong way. And and that there's there's a better way to do it. It's sort of like if if you have this opportunity, you've been given this opportunity to make a female centric Ghostbusters movie, right? There are so many things that you could be doing.
1: What afterlife? I no, mean, I wouldn't say that uh, that it's female centric. No, I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about answer characters. the call. I know. I'm saying. I'm, you saying have... I'm saying that that is possibly a corrective course. Yeah. For what you're upset about with Answer the Call. Yeah. Um, because it's not a female-centric Ghostbusters movie, but there is a mix of male and female characters in, uh, you know, in prominent roles.
0: Yeah, um, and, and it's interesting, the one that, the, sort of, the girl who takes the most after Egon, is it seems to be, like, the, the leader of that sort of, yeah. you know, that whole thing. So I'm, I'm really interested to see that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to bring it up. I wanted to hear what you think about it. It just, um, it upset me. It upset me j- just because I was like, why? You guys, you don't need to be doing fart jokes. You don't, you could use the the template that the original Ghostbusters used. You don't just have to use the story structure. You could change the story structure and you could use the same vibe, you know? So that
1: bothered me a lot about it was that um, it does follow exactly the same story beats. Yeah. <clears throat> um, even down to the point where they, they tried to subvert... Um, you know when they go and visit the firehouse and uh you know and it's it's exactly the same point in the in the first movie that they go to the yeah. to the firehouse um you know and then the the uh the estate agent says uh it 's uh, twenty one thousand a month a month and uh and uh Kristen Wiig goes bone in hell uh, which I actually found quite funny there there are some funny moments um and then they end up in the uh in the the chinese restaurant um but uh but like i mean it's it's kind of like using something else as a template and then riffing on it, yeah. uh, which doesn't create its own original entity. It's like very much... But it's, a,
0: it's trying to shove that something new and that something right. corrective into that template, which it's not going to fit. Right. Um, and, I think uh, it, it's, yeah. it,
1: it looks to me like, uh, like fan fiction. That's that's how it mm. feels to me. Um, but again,
0: I enjoyed myself. I I, I, I enjoyed it. it I didn't... Fun.
1: Th- that kind of thing um, that you're talking about in terms of like the uh, the sort of... Um, sort of punishment of men. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get that as much because maybe because I wasn't paying attention to it. or I wasn't looking for it. But um, yeah, now that you mention it, fuck yeah, it's full of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and you know, listen, uh, down to I, the uh, to the moment where they're looking at the comments on the uh, on the YouTube video, and she sees one that says, "Bitches ain't gonna hunt no ghosts." um you know which is obviously uh, um, a dig digging the ribs to whoever was uh yeah. posting bullshit on twitter in uh in 2015 and
0: listen it's also <laughs> likely that that's something that someone would say um and and, and have said but I, I think that the the way to go about it is not necessarily uh to make look again he could be incompetent or he could be he could be he could have been the lewis you know right. of the of the group. That's what I thought he was gonna be. Like I, I was like, you know, he's good yeah. looking, but he's also, but the fact that they're also objectifying him and drooling all over him, and there's yeah. that scene Chris it, it really, maybe. really cringy. The dancing that where she's like dancing up against him, and yeah. you know, it's like it's very like, what message are you trying to send to me, and what message are you trying to send to, to other people? Like it's I don't
1: understand. And but the funny thing is that having Chris Hemsworth there made me think of uh, MIB International. Why? Um, because they're both very similar kind of riffs on existing uh, properties. Ah, I actually haven't um, seen that either, by the way. I saw half of it, um, and I, I didn't hate it, but I, I got interrupted, and I, I never felt the need to continue. Okay, well that uh, tells me everything. I need yeah, to know. <clears throat> um, but it's like it's got the you know it's got the theme music and and whatever, but it's definitely like an offshoot, um, and uh, I, yeah, it's it's also it's something that's too glossy. Uh, two effects heavy also shot on digital. So it doesn't look like the other movies. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's too jokey, like too broad. Uh, it's, it's kind of, um, it doesn't, what I want from a sequel or a reboot is something that can capture the spirit of, uh, of what's come before, even if it's completely different um you know so uh, those movies didn't do it for me and also it reminds me of bill and ted face the music which Mm, also was very glossy very special effects heavy unnecessary um you know it's shot on digital as well again i i have a big problem with that because um because to me if you're gonna shoot uh, a movie on digital it's gonna have a very very different look to the to the previous movies in the franchise, yeah. um, I had a similar reaction also to Rambo Last, Bru- Last Blood. Uh, the, even though I, I quite enjoyed that movie, uh, it still had a very very different look. So you don't feel like you're watching a continuation of what went before.
0: I feel like you and Christopher Nolan would really get on on this because you're you're just. Like, I think you I'd haven't... get
1: on with Christopher Nolan because I think he's a fucking genius. i would probably drooling on his shoes.
0: Well, first of all, not probably you would be, but the uh, <clears throat> you know the uh, the just the idea that there are still filmmakers like yourself and, and Christopher Nolan and others that who, who will definitely only shoot on film if they could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, would you, would you mind sort of just, uh, joining me up the rickety staircase one more time, uh, back to VFX Attic. VFX Attic. All right. I have to really oil the hinges on that door. um, but uh, I wanted to talk about some stuff. on that. I, I will keep it brief because we are sort of uh, closing in on on what is probably a very long episode now. Um, no, we're rather no. than our time slot. But yeah, we've oh, really? got a few minutes left. But yeah. I, I, wanna, I wanted to just sort of go over this. Because I have been uh, uh, talking about the other movies, I thought that it would be good to talk about the VFX in this movie and why a lot of them didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. The uh, visual effects supervisor is uh, Pete Travers. Um, and, uh, most of the effects work in this movie is done digitally. Uh, it's, it's all CG. Um, I was watching a, I was watching a review of, um, actually the other Ghostbusters movies, uh, from, um, uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd. I've forgotten what his, uh, his actual name is. Um, but he, he also does like movie reviews. His, uh, channel for that is, uh, it's, his channel is just Cinemassacre. Um, and, uh, he gives very, uh, he's very childish. I don't really like his reviews, but there's something that he said, which I thought was really bang on the money is that it's very much like the movie adaptation of Scooby-Doo, like the way that they represent the ghosts. Yeah. Um, and, and if you've seen that movie and you've seen this movie, you can immediately know what I'm talking about. Like, I I think that that's just a great, um, you know, description of it. Um, and, and what is a real shame for me is that even when they had a practical puppet on set or an actor in the makeup and in the clothes on set, they replaced it with a CGI double. The, the prisoner under the subway Mm-hmm. uh was actually a, a creepy looking bearded actor who was in those sort of prisoner duds and they replaced it with and and it wasn't like they did it to layer things on top of him they actually replaced him and listen the the cgi um in some cases looks quite good like yeah it's, it's i it's... i like
1: i like the look of those uh those two ghosts the um the uh the the prisoner in the, the subway, uh, in the subway yeah. and um the woman, the in, woman the, in the in the mansion
0: in the mansion so i i also
1: but i don't like the neonness of the glow like, I, yeah. everything's neon even the uh, the the the, uh, the meter that she uses is very it's neon it's
0: all very saturated they're yeah. very very i also noticed there are quite a few shots colours. that are
1: overexposed i don't know if that's because i watched it on blu-ray and uh, maybe the 4k hdr um sort of uh rolls out those highlights just a little bit more softly yeah. um but uh, but it looked to me like it was overexposed um and a lot of you know neon just a lot of it's, like it's very neon ver- <clears throat> sorry
0: it's very neon like and it's very uh it's very bright and and you know in the case of slimer or the slimer character that they have there um you know he the they they basically uh, had a puppet version of slimer on set so that the actor actors could like you know play off against it and and look in, in in the right direction and whatnot and i i kind of think like with today's technology right would it not have been possible to have done a puppet or an animatronic or something that was convincing and then enhanced it with CG or you know I'm sure that with the technology could it not have been done practically? Like it feels like you have the actors on set, you have the the you know the the latex um, you know thing and 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 the reason that they did it and this is what sort of I found through my research and if anyone knows any better than me I would love to hear it um, but it's so that when he flew through the scene at very high speeds uh they could add cg sliding to him that would uh you know fly around in a in a realistic way um and 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 i i felt like well i mean if you move on a on a on a piston rig or something like something that shoots it very quickly a, across the room and ha- you can have you can have practical elements like that that sort of you know, sell the scene. You can enhance it with VFX and CGI. I don't really
1: know why a lot of this stuff couldn't have just been done practically. I'm sure it certainly would have been preferable. I I feel like the uh, the entire finale scene is very busy, and and much too excessive. It's,
0: it's very it's very CG heavy, and it's yeah. a it's a typical thing nowadays to have I kind a CG wish, fest.
1: Yeah, I kind of wish that Slimer hadn't been there as much as he was, <clears throat> because he's just so CG.
0: Yeah, and and the and the the Mrs. Slimer. Yeah, the it's, Mrs. It's, Slimer. It's yeah, it's just very unnecessary, and it's almost like who thought that this would be funny? Yeah, and I just thought it was very strange, and and and
1: I also don't understand how all the destruction reverses when everything goes into the bottle.
0: Look, there are some great destruction simulations and and CGI effects there. Like that's really cool yeah. stuff. But but again, why does it all reverse? Why, why is everything completely I don't pristine? Know. Uh, there's some, there's some shoddy, there's some shoddy. I, I, don't know. It looks like green screen when Kristen Wiig is jumping after yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, it maybe. looks very sort of like shoddy and, and not well done. But so we're again, chuck them all both of these into things, a fiery hole, which... all of, all of these things are done by hardworking people who put a lot of effort and time into it. So I'm not knocking it and saying that it's you know bad. I, I, I mean, there's just things that don't work for me. The design of the ghosts. Is uh, not like the designs of the other movies, which is maybe on purpose. But then they have a lot yeah. of. Then why bring Slimer into it at all if you're not going? To, like it, it, it seems like they're very confused. And also, the, you brought up the concert and the big sort of like dragon-like, um, y type ghost yeah. that they had is it also seems very sort of, what, what, what style are you going for? Is this stylized? Is it, is it cartoony? Like, it's yeah. it's a little odd. Um, it seems a little all over the place, but anyway, yeah. I still enjoyed myself and I was still able to watch it and still say like, you know, this is a good time.
1: Did um, you notice the, uh, some of the effects, um, sort of breaking out of the widescreen bars? No. Okay. That, that happens all throughout the movie and it actually drives me insane. Cause it's like a sort of faux 3d kind of thing. Oh, damn. I
0: didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah. See, next time I will.
0: Cause now you've said it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's um well no, I kind of went
1: uh, overboard with that,
0: we can leave the attic now i just I just wanted to I just wanted to voice my opinions on that. I think that yeah. if you can do something practically, you should do something practically um, right. and I also said this on when we were talking about the when we were doing the dream <clears> factory, um, whenever we can do something in camera, we should do it in camera, and the VFX should only be used for things that can't be done in real life,
1: right. Um, I wanted to talk also about like, just before we leave the attic, uh, I wanted to talk about mm. the, the scene where, um, in, uh, Rowan's basement where you can see all yeah. the ghosts trying to claw out of the, That's pretty cool yeah, it's pretty cool. The, the only thing is that it looks kind of like one of those Halloween projection things. Yeah. Um, so when I saw it again, like today, I thought that it was a little bit cheap looking. I thought it would have been really cool um, but it's cool kind of and, a cool idea.
0: It would have been enhanced if if the uh, um if it would have been stretching like you know the uh in the frighteners how you know the the ghost is like pushing against the yeah. wallpaper on the wall. It would have been really cool if the glass was was stretching as if they're trying to break through some kind of barrier there. Yeah. Um, and it would have felt a little bit more uh, like it was touching the scene, like it was in, rooted in the scene a little more. But I, I was definitely thinking of that when I was watching yeah. it. But I didn't think of a projector, um, projection.
1: Yeah, but, it looked yeah. like they were just all LEDs, and and there were images of these ghosts, like uh, you know, on the LEDs, like as yeah. if, if as if they were mirrors. But anyway, look at, uh, at the end of the day, I I enjoy the movie for what it is. I wouldn't award it any more than three stars, um, you know, out of five. Um I uh you know there are certain things that I do like about it. Um there are certain things within the relationship between uh between Melissa McCarthy's character and Kristen Wiig's character that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um I like I like uh, Kristen Wiig's character Erin's backstory. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that there is a backstory there that uh, you know that she when she was a child uh the there was an old lady that died um in the apartment and she was visited by yeah. every night at the foot of her bed. Uh, for a year and her parents didn't believe her. So yeah, that was yeah. her, <clears throat> you know, that was her sort of incentive to prove the existence of the paranormal. Um, there should have been more
0: stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. More character motivation, more, uh, more understanding of who these people are, because again, it's, it's not about the VFX and it's not about the tech and it's not about yeah. that. It's about the people, but and that's it's what, about exactly what they're, what they're trying to do at the end of the day is protect right. people and, and, and discover you know, and and explore the the other side. You know, and 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 sort of uh, protect this realm from from those other realms, which is is it's you know it just felt very lacking for me on yeah. that front.
1: Um, but that's also that's one of the re- the main reasons what we what we said before about why I love Ghostbusters too is that surprisingly, when you watch it with a critical eye, uh, you notice that there are. A huge amount of uh, of character character, moments. character ah. moments and a lot of character work in there, um, and I think that it's uh, it's one of those things that um, I can't remember exactly who said it. Maybe Wes Craven said it. I don't know, um, but I've heard a few times people say that uh, if you take the horror out of a horror movie and you've got a and you've still got a great drama there, um, then you've got a movie that works. If you don't necessarily need the horror, um, you know, if it stands on its own two feet based on the characters and the situations that they're in. Um You know, outside of the horror
0: it's the same thing that I feel about the haunting of Hill House and the haunting of Bly Manor and and Midnight Mass, which are all horror shows on Netflix that yeah. they are They are all character driven sort of character right. pieces that are talking about you know whatever it is in the in the fur in haunting of hill house it's about family in haunting of Bly Manor it's sort of about love and it's all about unrequited love and unrequited love yeah. and 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 the tragedy of love. Um and what it makes people do, you know, even yeah. like toxic love in the case of of the the antagonist, yeah, um and um you know the the midnight mass is about religion and and belief and and how you know, if it, it sort of asks the question of if we. You know how, how how do we not find the horror in in religion? You know, and, and those things like I right. um, have to watch that. I'm you, you know, I'm you it. really should. I've yeah, said yeah, it already, of but, but like, I, of it's, I it's, will, yeah. it's 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 really brilliant, and the performances in it are great. But the point is, is that it really drives home that idea that if you know you don't have strong characters that have very human real world problems yeah. that that motivate them and make them struggle that maybe intertwine with the with the horror aspects yeah. then it's not going to stand up I just didn't believe in the relationship between the four ghostbusters the four female ghostbusters and right. their motivations behind why they're doing it I don't <laughs> understand why Patty uh joins uh the the ghostbusters in the first place yeah. Uh you know it was very strange to me. It's just convenient. It, it, it's because it's it's she's supposed to. Yeah.
1: Cuz it's written in the script. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it, it really like, you know, watching the first two Ghostbusters movies and then and then this one kind of drives that point home. Yeah, it really does when you watch them in Succession is. for sure. Yeah. Um and uh, and I feel like um you know, I, again, please write in and tell us if you don't like ghostbusters too tell us why. why because the more i think about it and the more i talk about it and the more i you know remember it um even outside of my nostalgia um i just think it's a really great movie yeah um with with some great uh you know characters and and great character moments and uh um and and even even beyond that with the uh, with the the different ghosts and set pieces and stuff like that you know the courtroom scene after the courtroom scene it's like one of those things where you're punching the air after yeah it, you know? when
0: when when Ray goes we're back right, yeah. you know you, you I always get the chill yeah the shiver um and also you know just uh, it I, I would I would really love to hear from people and and maybe next time sort of just at the beginning like read read off if there are any like really good um, oh yeah right to know, us write to us if you us have any Facebook. questions
1: comments or suggestions uh, of what, what movies we should see we should, next, uh, we should see next. Um, and if nobody writes anything then we're just going to barrel do. through yeah, and choose something ourselves, ourselves. <laughs> um, who needs you ha huh? yeah uh, and sometime in the coming weeks, we are going to go and see uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, so we will have a podcast on that as well. We hope, yes. Um, and uh, it'll probably be spoilery, so uh, bear that in mind.
0: Go and see the movie before... Uh... Go and see the movie. Yeah, yeah, just go and see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not before anything, just go see the movie. Yeah. Um... Um, and
1: we talked about this today, but I'd really love to go and see Dune as well, so... Nice. Or Dune. Dune. Yeah. Um, so, uh Yeah. Well that's us for uh for the uh, for this one the and second uh,
0: part of the Ghostbusters and ghostly uh ghostly This episodes. wraps up our
1: Halloween. Yeah.
0: I wanted to say thank you very much for uh for this more in depth and sort of more serious reflective episode like I I know that we always dip into that but I, I do feel that in this episode um we were able to sort of touch on some topics that I think are very important to both of us just on uh the parenting and the uh and also just the, you know how important the characters in these movies are like I I, I do I do feel today like uh like a
1: breakthrough was made um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's interesting with these uh with these podcasts that each time we uh, we go into it we don't really know what kind of uh, atmosphere we're going to conjure up. Yeah. Um so uh it's funny cuz you know Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 are very lightweight movies uh, in yeah. terms of uh you know the comedies basically. Um and we managed to find uh, quite a quite depth in there. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that that's uh, it's a brilliant thing and it's part of why I like I I really enjoy Talking to you about movies because uh, for me, I get a lot of perspective on things that I just didn't think about before. Um, and I think that's a lot of fun.
1: Well, you uh, also gave me some perspective today, so. I, I... was very proud of that. Yeah. I was so proud of that. I almost peed a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you also uh, ruined Ghostbusters Answer the Call for me because now uh, all I'm going to be looking at is the, the man man-hating. hating. <laughs>
0: no, listen, there's a lot beyond that movie. It's just the, you know, just it really stood out to me for some reason i can't really yeah. put my hand my finger finger up it oh no dear. wait that's not what you say that was a mistake <laughs> sorry
1: <laughs> it's um midnight
0: <laughs> that um that got away from me i apologize yeah, that's not what you. i meant to say i meant finger on it
1: finger on it Just um indeed why would
0: i say that i have no idea why i said that that's not me all right why not let's let's stop here before i say anything else and i hurt myself again okay
1: well, uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in and uh, we will see you next time. Thank you very much. Have good. a good one. Bye. What's our seat number?